you're seeking biblical wisdom and understanding in these difficult and trying times, and you recognize the power of God's Word to delve deep into the issues of the heart, then welcome to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Kwasney, husband, father, counselor, author, and teacher. Join us for Christ-centered, gospel-driven truth concerning our individual, marital, and parenting struggles. This is Biblical Counseling Today. It's good to be back with you for season eight here on Biblical Counseling Today. This season, we'll focus on a more narrow issue, the relationship between parents and adult children. The perspective I'll be using will be from the parent side of things. In other words, I'll be talking about how to relate to your adult children in a biblical and healthy manner, specifically those adult children who are married. But you'll also benefit from this season if you are the adult child in the equation. You'll just need to reverse the perspective in your mind. Now, I've chosen eight vital topics to discuss, which means this will be a shorter season, but each episode may be a little longer. Remember, even if the subject doesn't apply to you yet, you can always learn how to give biblical counsel to others on the subject. Well, let's then get started. Adjusting to this new relationship with your children as a married couple involves several interconnected areas. First of all, it is essential that you answer this question. Have they really left you behind? Or, as an adult child, have you really left your parents behind? Built on the foundation of your child leaving you comes the challenge of establishing an adult-to-adult relationship with your adult children. Oftentimes, parents find it difficult to treat their children as adults, even after they're married. And some adult children act more like children than adults. Yet without a healthy adult-to-adult relationship, interaction with your children will be more old than new. Therefore, our first topic in Season 8 will be all about leaving and cleaving. Whether your adult children move far away from you or stay close, they must truly leave you in order to potentially cleave to a spouse. Leaving is not just about physical proximity. It has much more to do with emotional, mental, relational, and spiritual factors. Hopefully, your children won't leave you because they can't wait to get away from you. But that can sometimes sadly be the case. But you may also have a child who doesn't want to leave at all, even with your encouragement. Whatever your particular situation, it is essential that you teach your children the basic biblical principles of leaving and cleaving. Let's dig down deep and explore this basic first step in the parent and adult child relationship. Our oldest daughter got married and promptly moved 10 hours away from us. Shortly after her wedding, my second daughter followed suit and moved five hours away from us. Then we had our first surprise. Daughter number three actually married and stayed within 15 minutes of the family home. It was reminiscent to me of Goldilocks and the Three Bears. One child was too far away, one child was still too far away, and one child was just right. So according to my own father's proximity principle, our third daughter has presently achieved favored child status. 
Yet since we have several children who are still pending leaving us, the award given to the most favored uh, is still up for grabs. Mind you, it's not a competition since we dearly love all of our children. So that's my lead in to this whole issue of leaving and cleaving. On the parent's side of things, we need to start with this principle, letting your child leave. From the very beginning, God established marriage as a unique one flesh relationship between one man and one woman. Genesis 2, 22 to 24. In order to produce and protect this union, each spouse must first leave his or her parents behind. A father gives away his daughter in marriage while a husband receives her. The new husband then is charged with being the spiritual head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. 1 Corinthians 11 verse 3. He is called to make a home for his new wife and thoroughly provide for her. And just like that, a new family is born. And the family of origin, your family, is reduced by one person. Therefore, letting your adult child leave you is the first and necessary activity that enables him or her to be part of a biblical one flesh marriage. So what does it mean for your adult children to leave you behind? First, there is certainly a sense that they are leaving behind your biblical authority. They are no longer responsible to obey your direct commands. If your child is a new husband, he is now the spiritual head of his own family, which means he is not accountable to you, but only to Christ as his head. A new wife no longer submits to you either, but now to her husband. Thus, the overall authority structure that has been fully operational up to this point has radically changed. While your wisdom as a parent may still be invited and welcomed, more on that subject later, it will not come with a requirement to obey. It must not come with a requirement to obey. Your adult children are still responsible to honor and respect you, yes, but not out of childish submission. Your adult married child will also leave you behind in very practical, material ways. In real terms, your child typically leaves your family home in order to live with a spouse in their own home. Now, this does not preclude a temporary stay in your home for emergency reasons. More about that later as well. But in the end, your married child leaves a childhood bedroom and longtime living and dining rooms behind in order to build his or her own home. This truth also includes ending a dependence on your financial provision. A husband is responsible to provide for his own wife and family, independent of you. A wife no longer looks to you for the money needed to live, but rather to her husband. The practical separation between your child's family of origin and your child's new family may even mean moving away, like my own children have done. Another important dimension of your relationship with your adult children that must be left behind is the emotional aspect of your relationship. When your children were young, they were emotionally connected to you, whether or not the relationship was in line with biblical principles. They sought to be loved and understood by you and cared for as they grew up and matured. In a good and healthy way, your child should have developed an emotional dependence on you that was designed to provide a certain level of security during their most vulnerable years. 
But at some point, your child leaves you behind emotionally. No longer does he or she look to you for a right view of self or for emotional peace. An essential component of your child's maturity is becoming more and more emotionally dependent on Christ and the work of his spirit. Finally, letting your child leave you behind it also involves spiritual dependence. As Christian parents, you attempted in various ways to point out your child's sin and his or her need for a savior. You probably instructed him or her in God's word or made sure someone else did in your church or school. As parents, you were always your child's spiritual guide, whether or not you always lived up to that biblical ideal. By God's grace, the normal gospel path for your child is to have a personal relationship with Jesus by following your example and instruction in the Lord. But at some point, spiritual infants grow into spiritual adults. And that also means leaving behind a spiritual dependence on you as a parent. Then hopefully in his or her Christian marriage, your child has the opportunity to become spiritually interdependent on a spouse. A wife no longer looks first to you for spiritual direction and influence, but to her husband. The new husband takes the mantle of spiritual leader as head of his home. So now do you understand how complex and multifaceted your child leaving you is, or you as a child leaving your parents is? Don't just assume that your child has left you behind simply because he or she isn't living under your roof anymore. Your adult child also hasn't automatically left you just because he or she walked down the aisle. It is vital that your child leaves you behind mentally, emotionally, and spiritually in order to properly become one with his or her spouse. Maybe you believe that your child left you long ago so your mission is accomplished. But then your child gives you your first grandchild, and there is a realization that he or she is still attached to you in some unhealthy way. Well, we'll address the specifics that expose a lack of true biblical leaving a bit later. But first, we need to move on to the second important part of Genesis 2.24, and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Connected to our adult children leaving is the parent's responsibility to encourage cleaving. Now, leading up to my oldest daughter's wedding, I was, as the old timers used to say, as cool as a cucumber. I was taking it all in, actually enjoying all the frenetic setup, the wedding rehearsal, rehearsal dinner. But all that contentment and peace vanished when my oldest daughter in her wedding dress sidled up to me, kissed me on the cheek, and told me that she loved me. That walk down the church aisle seemed like a mile. It was really happening. She was leaving her parents in order to hold fast or cleave to her husband. For me, joy was now mixed with grief as this was truly an end of an era. Even though I was fully ready to give her away, I couldn't help but wonder if this young man would truly be the spiritual head, the spiritual provider, and godly lover she needed. Just because our adult children leave with our approval doesn't mean we'll necessarily encourage their holding fast to a spouse biblically. 
Now, thanks to the King James translation of the Bible, we have an interesting English word for what happens after your child leaves you behind in marriage. I've mentioned it already. The word cleave. He or she cleaves to a spouse. With wonderful rhyming, which always helps our memories, a husband leaves, then cleaves, meaning that there cannot be proper cleaving without proper leaving. Now, the English Standard Version of our Bibles, on the other hand, uses the word hold fast to describe the process of moving from leaving to becoming one flesh in marriage. That certainly helps our understanding, even if it takes away from the nice grammatical parallelism of the verse. To cleave, then, is to hold fast, to stick like glue to another person. It is to adhere strongly to and be totally faithful to a spouse. The best picture of cleaving is what happens when two of your fingers become accidentally superglued to one another. They literally fuse together to the point that to tear them apart would require losing skin on one or both fingers and a lot of unnecessary pain. But did you notice how the succinct description of marriage found in Genesis 2 doesn't also describe a process of uncleaving to parents before your child can cleave to a spouse? There is absolutely no sense that children have to unglue themselves from their parents in order to cleave or hold fast to a husband or wife. In other words, your child did not have a one-flesh relationship with you as a parent that somehow has to be painfully ripped apart. As close as you may be to your children, God never designed the parent-child relationship to be a cleaving relationship. Just think what it would mean if your child somehow had to divorce you before he or she could marry a spouse. How strange would that be? Any parent-child relationship that somehow attempts to be a one-flesh relationship is not only against God's ways, but it is unhealthy and abusive. Cleaving into a one-flesh relationship is solely relegated to marriage, unlike any other relationship on earth. So how are we to best understand what God's Word is describing here when it comes to the biblical marriage of your children? Well, for one thing, we have to acknowledge this Genesis 2 description goes against the world's understanding of marriage. Watch most movies or television shows, and the typical picture of marriage is simply a social romantic arrangement based on choice, emotion, and passion. The notion of two people becoming one is way too permanent for our sinful sensibilities. Marriage should be a sort of arrangement where two people sort of agree to live together for a period of time. But cleaving to a spouse implies a permanent condition, as permanent a condition as we can imagine here on earth. Becoming one flesh means that there are no longer two people who can easily go their own ways when desired. Permanence is the principal way to begin to understand this experience of cleaving to a spouse. Also included in a right view of cleaving to a spouse is the character quality of faithfulness. Just think of what we mean by the adjective faithful. A faithful pet who never leaves us, a faithful promise that is never broken, and of course, a faithful God who never forsakes or fails us. Faithfulness is that loyal, 
constant, steadfast, and resolute adherence and allegiance. Yet again, we conjure up the image of the strongest of all adhesives. When husband and wife cleave to each other, they are meant to be totally faithful to one another in good times and bad, sickness and health, till death do them part. As sinners, we can't ever be as faithful as God is to all his children, but hopefully your married children will be more faithful than the family pet. There must not be any other people our children are to be faithful to than their spouses, even you, their parents. So if cleaving to a spouse connotes permanence and faithfulness, then it also must mean that no one can get in between that one flesh relationship. Just to extend our superglue imagery a bit further, think about the instructions typically on the tube. They will include a process of cleaning both surfaces to be adhered so that no dirt, dust, or other foreign objects will come in between. What happens if there's the presence of any such substances between the materials being glued or in the glue itself? Well, a proper seal will be impossible, leaving the things to be adhered as one much easier to separate or fall apart. Do you get it? If you as a parent get in between the marriage of your son or daughter, then true cleaving cannot occur. Or to put it more positively, when the husband and wife properly cleave, there is no room for anyone else, not even you. A biblical conception of cleaving to a spouse would be incomplete without a firm understanding of connection. It brings to my mind that old and very sad reality game show called Love Connection. Total strangers would go on a single date and then they were counseled by the host to see whether or not a real connection had occurred. Unfortunately, that's often what people think dating is all about making some sort of emotional or physical connection with another human being. Those are not typically real connections, especially not just after one date. A true heart connection should be something that grows between man and wife, becoming more solid year after year. To connect is to link, to attach, to hitch, to couple. Modern terms we often use to describe marriage itself. Being heart-connected is not some romantic notion only found in movies. It is what happens when two people have been cleaved together by God. Well, finally, we should recognize both the state as well as the process of cleaving in which you are charged to encourage your married children to do. The day of your child's wedding was also the day he or she left you behind and cleaved to a spouse. This is the objective state of each and every marriage. But in a parallel way to our union with Christ, leaving and cleaving is also a lifelong process. Couples must consistently be striving to be more and more stuck to one another. We are to become more one-minded in the way we think about the world. We are to become more emotionally connected as we rejoice together and grieve together. We should become more and more together in our vision for our future that God has designed for us. Do you see how this cleaving is to reflect our union with Christ as believers? Leaving and cleaving are the inseparable two sides of the same coin process of a marriage that glorifies God 
and sanctifies two people. When your child fails to leave you, the parent behind in its many faceted dimensions, then he or she will also fail to properly cleave to a spouse. If your child believes that holding fast to you somehow allows him or her to feel more secure, then there will not be a true holding fast to a spouse. But if your married children are faithful to consciously cleave to their spouses more and more each year, they will end up putting you in your proper place in their lives. This one flesh relationship called marriage is as unique as it is difficult. As parents, you must do your part to encourage and even facilitate proper leaving and cleaving. As a biblical counselor, one of the categories I regularly consider when assessing marital struggles is what I call leaving and cleaving issues. Now, there are not too many couples who come into my office and announce that they are having a problem leaving or cleaving. Yet many of the most stubborn marital issues can be traced to one or both spouses not adequately leaving his or her parents. Since we're all unique creations of God as well as unique sinners, leaving and cleaving problems take many different forms. Thankfully, there are certain patterns which emerge when your child struggles to leave you and or fails to cleave to his or her spouse. So let's consider several types of defective leaving and cleaving. First, you aren't letting go of your child very easily. What happens when your adult child is prepared to leave you, but honestly, you aren't too keen on the idea? Maybe you have never had a child leave home before and your oldest daughter, Anne, is the first one to get married. Or maybe God has only given you one child, Amy, and you are being left with an immediate and painful empty nest at a young age. Or in a similar way, you're about to lose your baby boy, Andy, making it difficult to fully let him go. Whether you realize it or not, you may be putting subtle pressure on your child to not leave you in your words or in your actions. Or if you're honest, you may be much more overt and even demanding. Are you really good at infusing false guilt and shame into the hearts and minds of your children? Your refusal to let your child go may feel like it's motivated by love when it really is from a heart of fear. The central question is, can you allow your child to leave even if you're afraid of what that may mean? Or will you put the pressure on your child not to leave you when he or she knows it will displease you? And then second, you are holding on to control. Sometimes a parent lets an adult child leave but continues to attempt to maintain control after he or she is left. If this describes you, your control may come in the form of anger and even open hostility when your adult child doesn't do what you say or follow your advice. Alternatively, you may employ more passive-aggressive manipulation that is intended to make your child feel bad enough to shape up. Either way, the ultimate goal, if you are a controlling parent, is to keep your adult child as more of a child than an adult. After all, you always know best, right? Your control may come in the form of simply a list of things that must be done in order for your child to properly honor you. 
Or you may be more like Andy's parents who can't help but complain and criticize many of his adult decisions and family practices. It's a challenge for your child to resist your control, especially if you're good at it. But the truth is, if your child remains controlled by you as a husband or wife, it will have a huge impact on their marriage. This defective form of leaving is only properly corrected if you, as a parent, resist your impulse to exercise parental control of your child by God's grace. Then third, your adult child is still seeking your approval. Who can blame a child, even an adult child like Anne, for desiring her parents' praise and commendation? But when that strong desire moves to a persistently unsatisfied need, it can become a dangerous idol of the heart. As a parent, you must examine yourself to see if you are adding fuel to the fire of that idol worship by either withholding love and affection, which is what Anne's parents often do, or even by piling on extreme praise and adoration, which leaves your child longing for more. These dynamics between parent and child are often formed early in your parenting relationship and thus become extremely difficult to change. So why would a successful, gifted adult child, like in Anne's case, still need parental approval? It may be that your disapproval of past boyfriends, including the present spouse, has gotten in her head. Or maybe you are regularly critical of your child's choices, which has been hard for him or her to shake. Then there are the twin issues of pride and self-pity that your child must put to death, or they will continue to feed unbiblical people-pleasing even parent-pleasing. Hopefully, your stronger desire is to see your adult child walk through life as a God-pleaser rather than just slavishly seeking your approval. Here's a fourth scenario. Your adult child trusts your wisdom more than their spouse's wisdom. This form of defective leaving and cleaving is a case of something good turning into something not so good. According to the book of Proverbs, your children should seek out your instruction and wisdom that is the essence of biblical living as a child and youth. But then your daughter, like Amy, marries a man who is called to be her spiritual leader, but who is not nearly as wise as her father. Instead of seeking her husband's wisdom, Amy constantly doubts him and runs to her father or mother for advice. Well, what's a girl to do? If walking in wisdom is the goal, then what does it matter who doles out that wisdom? Hopefully, as a parent of an adult child, you understand the problem here. If your child continues to seek your parental wisdom as the primary wisdom in her marriage and family life, it will only undermine the spiritual headship in her home, as well as marital trust and intimacy. This doesn't mean a young couple cannot seek godly advice from you, but it does mean that the proper order must be followed. When your daughter cleaves to a man in marriage, she must seek to learn from him first, seek his wisdom first, and help him to live in wise ways. Then a fifth scenario, your child is still emotionally dependent on you. What happens when your adult child is married to a spouse who is emotionally unavailable to him or her? Or what do you do when you hear that the spouse is regularly doing and saying very hurtful things to your adult child? Early in your adult child's marriage, it may be very tempting for him or her to turn to you as a listening ear, a counselor, and a comfort 
who can better offer emotional and spiritual support when needed than you? Unfortunately, this particular scenario typically illuminates the lack of true emotional leaving behind of parents. As hard as it may be, after your child cleaves to a spouse, you are no longer to be the first source of emotional care and comfort. If marriage counseling is what your child needs, a more objective biblical counselor is preferable here. Running to you when your child is hurting will only exacerbate the marital problems. Now, this may sound like I'm suggesting that you must stay in the dark about your child's marital struggles or make him or her suffer in silence. As I will discuss later, there certainly is an appropriate time for you to get wisely involved. If the problems are more severe or if true abuse is present, a different path is necessary. And then a sixth scenario, your child is still financially dependent on you. This leaving and cleaving problem is not focused on giving gifts to your adult children or even offering an emergency loan once in a while. An improper financial dependence often begins with your children's unwillingness to struggle financially as a young couple. The new couple may actually want the same amount of possessions or financial security that you currently possess. Or there are Anne's parents who regularly slip her a bit of cash just to help her purchase some of the things her husband can't provide for her. What if they want to pay for the expensive private school so that their grandchildren can get a good education? And what if her husband isn't a very good provider or expects Anne as his wife to bring in half of the family income? It may seem expedient and even feel necessary to offer your children financial help but it has the potential to become destructive to marital cleaving. We will cover money and finances in an entire episode later on. And then one final scenario, your child is bitter towards you. There's the possibility that your child can't wait to leave you because he or she is deeply angry with you. Maybe you deserve this wrath or maybe you don't. Either way, this situation may mean that a healthy leave and cleave will not happen. Leaving you behind is not equivalent to cutting off a relationship with you. Holding tight to bitterness in the heart will make it impossible for your child to honor you as Scripture requires. So if you know your child is carrying unresolved anger and bitterness towards you, this will need to be addressed so it doesn't continue to impact your relationship. The reality is when adult children are bitter towards one or both parents, it will creep into other relationships as well, including their marriage. Well, the bottom line here is that your adult child leaving you is God's righteous plan for multiplying covenant families for his kingdom work. But while your adult children must leave you, they don't leave, leave you. You know what I mean by that phrase? As adults, they are still responsible to honor you as mother or father. They aren't to abandon you, leave you alone, or somehow just leave you be. They aren't to build walls to keep you out of their lives or barriers to protect themselves from you. And as parents, you are never to push them away or to somehow characterize leaving mother and father as an extremely restricted relationship. Sadly, there are exceptions to this rule when abuse or other severe problems exist between parent and child. In one sense, your adult child will always be your child, even after leaving you and cleaving to a spouse. 
Yet it is essential that you develop an adult-to-adult relationship with your child, moving from an adult-child relationship. This essential growth in your relationship will be addressed in our next episode. Until then, God bless. Thank you for listening to Biblical Counseling Today with Dr. John Kwasney. This weekly podcast is supported by Biblical Counseling and Training Ministries, which you can learn more about at bctministries.com. If you have found yourself encouraged or challenged today, please share this podcast with your church, family, and friends. Rate us on iTunes and your social media outlets. It really helps. Until next time, may you enjoy the riches of God's compassionate grace and mercy in your life.